1116 SEN, The Odds Couple, with Simon O'Donnell and Simon Marshall. Good morning, Melbourne. Good morning, right around Australia. Uh, welcome to The Odds Couple here on the first day of spring and the first Group 1 Wait for Age race we're going to see at Caulfield today. And that, uh, well, nothing else can announce spring better than a a big race day at Caulfield and a Group 1 event, wait for age level and an absolutely massive field. So there's plenty of depth going on out at Caulfield today, a couple of three-year-old races with uh, some real talent in it. And talking of talent, it's uh, my pleasure to introduce to you the, the jock to the stars. That's what he was in the good old days, Simon Marshall. Morning, Simon. They weren't that long ago, you know, Big Sim, but what? they were great days, the late 80s and 90s, where champions raced and graced one another on the turf. They weren't afraid to challenge one another back then. This day and age, you find it very hard to have five, six, seven champions running at one particular time, because the three-year-olds, if they're stallions, if they're stallions, they're very valuable when they win their Group 1 race mm. as a three-year-old, four-year-old. They're sold I'm going to get a news on a three-year-old stand I'll let loose on this morning. $30 million. $40 million. They're too valuable to race and continue oh, we on. So we just don't see the depth of a 92 Cox Plate where we saw the great superimpose, lead out Better Loosen Up, lead out Citizen, Let's Elope, uh, Rough Habit, and you had uh, Naturalism in the race. Did you, you say had... Superimpose then? Yeah, Superimpose. Superimpose. Did you, was he one G of the Hall. I think he, G Hall hit him 385 times in the last 50 metres. He whopped the fur off him, yeah, he and did. thank God for the new whip rules that that's mm. uh, come in. Thanks for bringing <laughs> that up. Um, and But, mate, what about the horses that he beat throughout his time? He was placed in a Melbourne Cup on a couple of occasions, but he was just a, a freak miler. Yeah, he certainly was. Doncaster, two Doncasters, two Epsoms. As you mentioned, yeah. Mm. And would yeah. come from last, and you don't tend to see that too often, apart from the great Chautauqua, who I just declared a living certainty to jump out of the barriers on race day. But he said, no, I've won $8.8 million. I've done me time. I'm a six-time Group 1 winner. And you know what? Every time I trot back from the track, I'm going to get a shampoo. I'm going to get beautifully fed and looked after. I think I've done me time. I think that's it for me. I'm going to put the queue in the rack and go and get my visa card and travel. Well, you're not allowed out of here yet. It's only five past eight. We're here till nine o'clock. Uh, David Taggart joining us a little later on. Pat Webster, one of the great blokes oh, of Australian racing. Happy Clapper. Uh, just uh, absolute royalty. Paddy Webster and got a wonderful horse in Happy Clapper who, you know, talking about winning over a mile, he loves it over the 1,600 metres. Pat will be joining us a bit later on. Tom Dabinick, there's not a racing stable in Australia that's in better form than the Tom Dabinick. David Hayes, Ben Hayes stable at the moment, so Tom will be joining us a little later on as well. Did David Taggart walk in with a winner of uh, four quaddies in a row? Or he's he didn't quiet, have the swagger this morning. Quiet. I had a bit oh, of a swagger this morning. No swagger? I got a bit of a swagger. You have? Yeah. Why have you got a bit of a swagger? I, my get out got up last week. Oh, yeah. I thought it was about your racing coverage today on SEN. For oh, don't six worry hours. about that. Six hours, 12 what? till 6, where SEN Racing returns today. Sammy Highland. And Brownie will be joining me out at uh, out at Caulfield. Brownie, when you say Brownie, who's Brownie Hawthorne's Brownie? Oh, oh, really, Campbell Brown? Yeah, Campbell Brown. He flies in from Adelaide yeah. last night playing oh, in the EJ Witten game. How's he'll he going to lo- how's he going to lob up? He'll he'll cramp up on yeah. air. But well, I'm I'm worried about whether he'll be able to see out of those eyes. Brownie, like he would have had a big night last night, made. wouldn't he? He's, After the all, I. Uh, just ask you all to tune in today because Brownie will be at his brilliant best. He'll be still like <laughs> on fire from last night. But hey, getting back to Shadakwa, you know we like to ask the uh, the wonderful family of the Odds Couple listeners out there to bring us some gold, please. On this number, 
9429 or text 0433 whichever form of communication suits. Chautauqua's got a ban on him right now. So if he never, ever races again, family of the odds couple, please give us some advice on what he can do in his after-racing after career. What should we use Chautauqua for? It'd be a great promotion for a number of things. Pony clubs, clerk of the courses. Maybe you've got some wonderful ideas, but please keep them nice and sound and positive because he's a fantastic horse. But we want some help from you today. What could Chautauqua do in his retirement? Big news broken in the last 24 hours is uh, the Melbourne Cup coverage. Uh, This is the last year we'll see Channel 7 do it uh, under their present contract, 2018. 2019, Channel 10 will take over the uh, coverage of the Melbourne Cup. One, does that surprise you, Simon? Two, are there any ramifications from an industry perspective going forward because of this change? Yeah, it's a little surprising because Channel 7 has just dominated the airways there and being a part of it for well over 10 years, Big Sim, having won a Logie for the best sporting coverage. Um, Were you on that coverage for the Logie? You're too right, I was. Bruce Were you at the Logies when you got Richie the Friedman, Francesca Gumani, and guess who made the presentation? I've got no idea. The one and only, mate, Brucey McAvaney. Oh, right. I love him. I've got, lot of, glass I've, I've got a lot of man love for Bruce. Oh, you yeah, have too. He is the ever greatest since, tutor. Ever since you and, you and he sat in the driveway in the car and had a yarn. And 45 minutes of yeah, the car running. Yeah, he told running. you what, you, know, what you should be and how you should be. I nearly ran out of petrol. Yeah. He said, look, mate, I, I could stay here all day, but I've got to go. Mm. I got the hint. But he, ter- <laughs> he, he, he helped me um, um, create another avenue, and it was just like a weight uh, relieved off my shoulders because I was doing my head in because my body was cooked. I was 22 kilos under my natural weight. I couldn't fast anymore after doing it for 11 years. And he gave me an avenue to go and work on a little project to get better at elocution. <laughs> Hasn't worked much. Um, how to present public speaking, radio, and deliver a message and, and, and present on television. And um, it gave me something to focus on and then break out to. So uh, I, I love him. I want to get around him. And uh, But Channel 7 will not lose... I was lose wondering when you were going to come back. ...the so. racing coverage. The four days came up for tender in May. The VRC took the media rights to tender in May for the first time in 16 years. And it is of our understanding, just reading through the... The Vines here on the greatracing.com website, that Channel 10's been able to take this up at around $10 million. And this might, uh, this might be a shock to some people, but the four days is massive. It's an event. It's an unbelievable carnival. So Channel 7 will not lose racing completely. They'll have the Caulfield Cup carnival, Caulfield Guineas, right through to the Cox Plate. You sure about that? Everything around it. And the, the, well, from what I'm reading, it's the four days have come up for tender. No, but I'm, I'm thinking the, the, the flow and effect from seven you losing the grand final, and that's what it is. The, the VRC four days is the grand final. Oh. And you remember from our old days at Channel 9, hmm. we used to do right up to Cox Plate Day, and then Channel 7 used to do the, the coverage for the final four days. It used to drive you mad. You know, you'd <laughs> get to the preliminary final every year, you could never get to the grand final. But in... Channel 7 are heavily invested in racing from Racing.com's point of view. They're a shareholder, part owner. And then they've got 20 or 21 other signature meetings outside of those four days. Mm -hmm. Now, I wonder if losing the the creme de la creme, if they'll now look at racing in a different 
light and say, well, why are we doing the other 21 meetings when we can't have, say, the, the um, ability to make the money off those final four days? Because you know the figures out of the other days. The other days aren't spectacular for uh, a commercial operation on free-to-air television. They're just not. No. The money is made in those final four days that gives them the opportunity to go for the whole year. So this could have further ramifications. If, if seven get nasty, racing and its broadcasting could be in real trouble. Right. Well, I don't you know. You don't what, see it that way? I don't know what file I put that in, but I've got one in mine. Um, and uh, so there's a lot more to play out than what you're telling me. All right, let's have a quick look at the Memsey. <laughs> this is as good a field of the Memsey as you've ever seen. I love this race. It's a great race, isn't I, it? I love it, Big Sim, because it's the first Group 1 of the season. And to be honest, we had a fantastic uh, lead-up edition of the PB Lawrence last week. And uh, who was the last horse to win the PB Lawrence Memsey Stakes? Brian from Sunshine. You might want to tell us and have a look at that. David Taggart's going to come up with the answer. Uh, good morning, Simon and Simon. Going to Bali tomorrow requires spending money. Needs a good multi, thanks. Is that Gaza or Geyser? And the grey flash could teach Tom Melbourne... How to win. <laughs> How about that? A tight one. That's fantastic. Cheers, Kane. I think Thank you win you very today, much. Tom Melbourne. What's that, mate? I think you win today in Sydney, the tramway. Superimpose. Better loosen up. Quinella. Came up a few times. That's fantastic from Ballina. That's Maddie. So people are listening to the show. Thank you very much. But with the question that came out this morning is, how, what can Chautauqua do after retirement? Getting back to the Memsey, the Group 1. This is a field of 11 runners. And we have... Stars littered. We have arguably the second best horse coming down from Sydney in Australasia, rated. That's Happy Clapper. We'll be talking with Pat Webster, his trainer, soon. Blackout Bart's an old champ. As he passed his time, have they caught up to him? Vega Magic's the reigning champion from last year, and I believe he's in better form this year, winning the lead-up by three lengths and smacking Voodoo Lad, who's favourite in race eight. Humidor's back. Jungled Edge will roll forward. Dollar for dollar, Jamie Carr will make it interesting with speed. Kingsville Dream was the biggest run of all time in the PB Lawrence. Uh, he's your Caulfield Cup early favourite. Kementari's got more wraps on him than Cleopatra, Simon, something like that. I don't think he's much good, Kementari. Oh, well, I like that from you. This I, is what I, you're going to get on the odds Kementari couple. I think Kementari is overrated. He's a four I don't think he can win the Memsey. I think he was a three-year-old bully. Here we go. Uh... In the autumn last year, and I think he'll be found out against the older weight for age horses this year. Well, that's what I love about you, because you just might be right. He's had two starts. He's been defeated twice. He's 460. You've got Grunt. Uh, he should have stayed with Winks for longer. When they met in the Winks stakes last when night? When they met in the Winks stakes. He, he should have stayed with up. Winks So you're telling me when he asked the question, Glenn Schofield, at the 450-metre mark on the point of the bend, tried to push Winks out, and she went... Just settle down, young man. I'm the reigning queen of the turf and a champion that you aren't at this stage. I'm give you How a about you though. cop a slight little bump, get back in your box, and then try and go with me? And you're saying he was just disappointing. I think he's very good against his own age. I think he'll be found out against the weight for age horses, the open age horses. That's Kim and Tari. He's 460. He's second, he's second pick in the terms of the market at Sportsbet behind Vega Magic. Then the other four-year-olds, which I cannot believe, Grunt second up. He's $9 out to $10. And Showtime, who won the PB Lawrence, folks, the lead-up to this Group 1 Memsey, he won. He controlled it on speed, which he's going to do again. He's $11. How can Kim and Tari, based on what Simon O'Donnell just said, be $4.60 and Showtime... Eleven dollars. Well, I hope Simon O'Donnell's right. 
Otherwise, I'm going to cop a caning. But I'm, third person I, I do him, believe, yeah. I do believe, in my mind, I think he's a flat-track bully. And he'll get found out the more he races against the, the wait-for-age cream we've got in this country right well, now. I'm in your corner, ding-ding seconds out, because it's his first run uh, at Caulfield, is it? No, he's been at Caulfield before. Mm. Um, we've got to see it, don't we? Third mm. up. This time in. Yep, I'll be watching him very closely this afternoon. While we're out there for the SEN racing broadcast from 12 till 6, I'll be joined by Sammy Highland and Campbell Brown. Uh, we're there for six hours with you this afternoon. If you are heading to the races today, it's free entry for all AFL members and AFL club members for the AFL members and AFL club members for the Memsey Stakes. Uh, that's all thanks to the new blend of McCafe coffee, smooth, refined and delicious. And just before we go to the break, that question again, folks. Can you help us find Chautauqua a job? Life after racing, what should he be doing? David Taggart, Pat Webster, Tom Dabinick coming up uh, all on behalf of Sportsbet here for the Odds Couple. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for same race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. On 11.16 SEN, The Odds Couple. With Simon O'Donnell and Simon Marshall. New segment for the Odds Couple Radio Show. It's called Dictionary Word of the Week. And this week's Sportsbet's Dictionary Word of the Week is pseudoriferous. The objective or meaning is bearing or secreting sweat. Pseudoriferous. And to put it in a sentence, it goes like this. David Taggart's nerves got the better of him when delivering his tips on radio's SEN for the odds couple, and it resulted in a rather pseudoriferous audition or presentation. Pseudoriferous, the dictionary word of the day. <laughs> You've got to be kidding. Where did that come I know. From? How good's that, Australia? <laughs> we are here to learn on this show, and if we can learn something about this show, or during this show, at least it's the dictionary word of the day. Well, he's got to write again? a reply. We're bringing him on early. He's rushed in here when he started hearing that, saying, hang on, what about this pseudo... What is it? Pseudoriferous. <laughs> Pseudoriferous. Yeah, it's too big a word for me. Morning, yeah. Mr. Taggart. Yeah. Good morning, gentlemen. How are we? See you, you little pseudoriferous. Yes, I wasn't pseudoriferous looking up. The uh, last one to win the, the PB Lawrence and Memsey Stakes was... 14 years ago, Mark Flaherty, Clinton McDonald, Regal Roll. What was it called then, though, before the PB Lawrence? The Liston Stakes. The J- JJ. Was it the JJ Liston into the Memsey? There uh, you go. And the yeah. Memsey's the fifth running as a Group 1. How good's that, Brian? Good to have you here, Mr Taggart, and we will hear from you about your quaddy uh, just around the corner. Last week, uh, no joy. No joy. Uh, laid the, the first winner, one by four, so form was good, but we did get the get out. Hey, Kaz has, Kaz has given us a little um, tweet through. 
Kaza reckons that uh, would have loved to have seen Chautauqua in the new equine TV series Jump Off, uh, which should be uh, starting very soon. Jump. Jump off, Kaz from Faulkner. Thank you very much. Yes, I hear that there's a bit of a jump off between um, some uh, royalty in terms of jumping riders in the equestrian arena and some uh, horse trainers and uh, thoroughbred horses. Um, a little bit of a competition there, so mm. where they all work together. Fantastic. Jump look, off. Look forward Watch to it. talking of horse trainers. Uh, Tom Dabinink uh, joins us here on the odds couple. A big day ahead for the stable, and the stable's in red hot form. Morning, Tom. Good morning, Simon. Tom, we'd love to have a chat here on the Odds Couple, uh, not just about horses, but a bit of background of where our trainers are from. Where did the horse bug bite you? Uh, as a kid, family always involved? Yes, certainly was. And uh, my grandfather, Colin Hayes, um, and I was uh, uh, born and raised in uh, Angerston at Lindsay Park, so I was uh, always around it, and uh, just things sort of naturally progressed from there. There's a few athletes amongst the... Hayes Dabney clan. You any good at uh, cricket, footy, uh, any uh, winter or summer sports that you excelled at? Um, I was not in the same league as you, Simon, but uh, and certainly very few words on. Talk myself up quite as much as the other Hayes family members. Yes, but, uh, yeah. David can no, talk I, himself uh, up. Yes, yeah, yeah. There wasn't. Uh, there's not too much footage of it, but he, he tells me he was uh, Central Districts and, and nearly played um, SANFL, but uh, didn't quite get there. Did you play some footy? Uh, I did play a bit of footy and a uh, little bit for Sturt and Centrals and that, but uh, I uh, I was like a two-year-old that was quite good early and didn't quite train on. <laughs> right, okay. Tom, um, obviously <laughs> well, you love the thoroughbred horse. So when did that connection first happen for you, and what do you recollect? Uh, recollection uh, <laughs> recollection recollections of actually tapping in and wanting to make it a livelihood I always rode horses and um, I you know, used to ride track work in the mornings and uh, I went to Melbourne for a spring carnival when June won the Melbourne Cup and um, I, sort of from then on I always had an involvement and I guess it's one of those things that uh, uh, you know, you always aspire to become a trainer, and then uh, and you sort of do your grounding to to get there. And been fortunate enough to be um, brought into the partnership with David, and and sort of that, that's basically it. When was the first champion thoroughbred um, you saw and ha- worked very closely with? What was that horse, and uh, what did you learn mostly about that? Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's been a few, but I remember in the days I was just listening to David Taggart, but that was around the Seascape days. I was around then and, uh, uh, you know, St. Covert and um, then we just touched on uh, June and, uh, you know, we had Blevick that year that won the Derby. So it was around about that time. Um, I was uh, still at school when uh, uh, Bed and Up was racing, <coughs> but you obviously know Simon and... Uh, um, but yeah, it was around that era. Tell me the operation uh, with Lindsay Park now. It's uh, it's enormous. Euroa, um, it's a marvelous training centre there. We call it the farm, and then you've got the stables at Flemington. Can you please explain to the listeners the setup with Lindsay Park yourself, Tom Dabening, and you've got Benny Hayes, uh, son of David Hayes, and David. Uh, well, he's the head figure. Uh, how is the split up there, and how do you operate the system? 
Yeah, I'm based up here at the farm. Uh, Ben's based in Melbourne and David sort of spends um, from Monday through to Thursday at the farm and then the weekends in Melbourne. So <clears throat> obviously David's uh, the big boss. He, he gave himself the nickname of uh, Hoff, standing for Hall of Fame. <laughs> and uh, uh, he's the big boss and owner. And, um, and then sort of uh, Ben and I filter down underneath him. Can you explain to us when is the best time to travel horses from the farm you row it to Melbourne? How does that work? Yeah, they're all different, Simon. Uh, some, we do the main gallop. We generally do our main gallop on a Monday for Saturday. A lot of trainers traditionally do it on a Tuesday, but we factor in the travel from Euroa to Melbourne. So they normally head down on a Monday afternoon or a Tuesday, have a few days in Melbourne before they run, but some you have to get in late, like a Thursday or Friday, if they're a little bit uh, fretful in the um, metro environment. But... We just, um, you know, we have sort of three trucks a week going back and forth on the farm. How good is it uh, from an owner's perspective to have the opportunity to uh, travel to Euro and what can they expect when they come out to the farm? Well, they're always welcome and uh, you can come in the morning and uh, see track work and uh, we've got a canteen there that provides breakfast. So, yeah, it's a good experience. Um, the farm we feel gives the best of both worlds. It's uh, you know we've got five uh, tracks there that a lot of variation for the horses to work on, which I think's been fantastic for our two-year-old results. And we also have the uh, Flemington to um, use for jump-outs and trials and things, which can just be sort of like the icing on the cake. Outstanding work, Tom Davenick, Lindsay Park. We're talking with now. You've got a heap of runners. Let's rip through some of the major chances. Race one, Jamay. Punters are expecting to get the money early with the favourite number three. I think the punters won't be too far off the mark. I think it'd be hard to beat. Okay, uh, let's uh, whip into a race uh, three. You have Summer there uh, resuming. She's very good fresh, but she's got to carry a bit of weight, number one. And a, and a bit of an awkward draw too, so we'll need a little bit of luck from there. Um, but she's a tough mare, and I expect her to run well fresh. Is Murakeb your best in race four? Um, I think so. The, the, he gets into the race well. Gate two, he should get a good run. The horse that's been working the pace down is Fastnet Tempest. Um, if I was going on their track work, I'd probably pick him. But Merikib um, has had a run, and, and I've heard Dean Lester tipped him, so he's normally a pretty good judge. <laughs> Race five, you have three runners, Jackano Bay, Sin to Win, and Ventura Storm. They're all running, and who's the pick? Yeah, um, Jackano Bay's got the good residual fitness. Um, Sin to Win and Ventura Storm will probably improve with the runs. Tony, Nakoni and Al Merton in race six. Fantastic group three here. Who's the pick? Uh, Tony Nakoni's got the uh, fitness with the two wins. Um, Al Merton, though, was favoured at one point for the Golden Slipper, so he's a talented horse too. Tony Nakoni will probably be forward of Al Merton in the run, but... I expect them both to be there at the finish. Four and uh, numbers two and four, Al Merton and Tony Nakoni. Vega Magic, uh, he's the reigning champ. He's the favourite in the Group 1 today, the Memsey Stakes, number three. Yeah, he's in great form, and we saw him win the Blackson League um, convincingly. So he won this uh, race last year, the Memsey leading. Looks to be a bit more speed this year. Um, if he gets into his right rhythm, he, um, you know, he's, I think he deserves to be the favourite. Hey, Catchy and Alakazam in the last uh, race nine. They're both very good horses, but Catchy probably the pick. 
probably the pick. It's just where the gate won by race nine is the place to be. I'm not sure. But, um, yeah, she's won 1.9 in state money. She's a very good filly. And more Sundays. Race one in Sydney today. Oh, the son of more Joyce. How's he going? Uh, there's a big hype around him already. Um, he looks pretty smart, three-year-old, uh, but he'd need to win today to be a candidate for the Golden Rose. And the very best from Lindsay Park today for the punters, Don, before we let you go. I think we'll kick off early. Uh, more Sundays and Jamay look our two best chances um, early and then clearly we're, we're all um, fingers crossed for Vega Magic. Good luck, Tom. Thanks, Tom. Tom Dabernick joining us there from the Hayes Dabernick and Hayes Stable. Time now for us to head to the newsroom for the latest news headlines with Chris McKenzie. Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Welcome back to the Odds Couple. Uh, 27 minutes to 9 o'clock. Pat Webster, well, he's got a a big day ahead of him. Wonderful horse that he trains. Happy Clapper down from... Sydney, Pat's one of the uh, great blokes of Australian racing. I don't think anyone will dispute that uh, statement because um, he's uh, the flesh and blood of uh, what goes on in this racing game and an absolute uh, pleasure to see that he's got such a wonderful horse in his camp with Happy Clapper. Always got a smile on his face no matter what's going on as Pat Webb, so I hope he's got one this morning. Morning, Pat. Good morning. Yes, we have. Thank you very much. Thanks for the wrap. <laughs> Always a wrap for a good fella. Uh, <laughs> is that good horse of yours in good nick? Yeah, we're, we're happy with him. Um, it, you know, he'd come down on Wednesday night and uh, I was talking to the girl who looks after him. She gave him an 8 out of 10 and she's pretty hard to judge. So, mm. yeah. Good morning, so Pat. All good. Simon good morning. Marshall. How are you? Yeah. Absolutely sensational! Great to catch. Every time I turn me telly on, you're on it. <laughs> well, it's, it's not as you would know, mate. Uh, after spending several years um, uh, as a, as a jockey, it's nice to actually stay in the game and continue on. There's three things I like about you. I know you'd walk twenty metres to shake a bloke's hand in the busy room. Yep. You're a happy clapper fan. And I noticed your socks. They're pretty good, them socks you wear. <laughs> Get on show, bro. Paddy, fantastic. You're a great horseman yourself, Paddy. You, you don't, and thank you very much for that. You're a kind man. Um, but uh, you've always had a love and a passion for the thoroughbred horse. How was it growing up for you? Oh, look, as uh, people say, you, as you've heard, I was saying you're born on the back of a horse. So my father was a drover and... Um, and the stock and station, uh, you know, cattle and sheep, and and then he he, he had a trainer's license too, so it's uh, all just always in in your blood. Yep, and uh, you could ride them all yourself and break them in. And um, so, when did you first get the uh, taste that I uh, want to go to the races and start uh, working out how to get a thoroughbred fit and train one? Um, well, it's a funny thing. I, I rode and everything. The bad ball put me out of racing, but then I went and worked on the uh, on the wharves and. Uh, I was just sitting at the, we used to have the, the unit there now, a place called the Rusty Shovel when we was married, mm-hmm. my wife and myself, and then just one night I said, I'm going to take out a trainer's license. I'm sort of sick of paying tax. She said, well, that'll fix that. Because that's what happens when you take out a trainer's license. And Paddy, we work with some remarkable people that help us get to places in life. What about some of your mentors, some of the people that uh, sent off some triggers in your mind that you were doing the right thing? 
Oh, straight away, the, the man that comes to my mind was the great Theo Green. You know, he, he's been, he, he was my mentor. I sort of was a bit of a green kid and just took out a trainer's license and, and that's how I finished up. It was the greatest compliment ever was when he retired, he gave me out to see the train. You remember out to see the sprinter? Yeah. You know, what more compliment could you get than that and uh, recognition than what he done there? So really, and you only got to look at the Malcolm Johnsons and the, and um, the Ronnie Quintons and how they conduct themselves. And now with Ronnie bringing the Bowmans and all that through, mm. Stan Clipperton, that all, it all runs down to the same thing. And I'm sure that's why I do what I do with the drugs and alcohol, the apprentices and that. And I'm sure you'd be proud of what I do. Pat, uh, away from that, back to the horse. Um, let's talk about the jockey. Uh, Mark Zara on board today. Um, um, you've had Blake on him and he's had a, you know, Good success on him, obviously uh, out injured. Uh, will Mark be the rider for him as the spring continues, or will you have a sort of Sydney jock and a Melbourne jock? No, no, no. It'll definitely be. Uh, I'm speaking. I think I'm speaking on behalf of the owner. He usually hangs up and says, "Well, the trainer's only getting what he wants anyway." But um, having said that, I like to use Melbourne jockeys. Um, I love the Oliver because we've had a relationship of like. 40 years as mm-hmm. as mates um, but what happened I, Zara had rode not a single cent for um, Michael Thomas and won these size and and <clears throat> I think he lost the ride then and Blake rode him in Sydney so my owner sort of felt a little bit obligated for uh, for him to ride this horse after what happened so you know that's the sort of person he is, he's a good person like that and the other guy that was in the mix when Damien couldn't ride him was Ben Mellum, who I was told that you guys know more than me, that Zara and him are about equal. So what swayed at Zara's way was uh, him having one on not a single cent and the size produced. Paddy, um, your horse, we're talking with champion trainer and more of a champion bloke, if you like, Paddy Webster, the trainer of Happy Clapper. Uh, race seven, number one in the group one, Memsy. He's an eight-year-old now, Pat. Uh, he's had the 35 starts and he's won over $6 million in prize money. Jeez, his last preparation, uh, he won, fir- he, he won uh, group one 1,300 metres uh, first up and then he went on to win a Doncaster. Uh, just a phenomenal horse carrying the 57 kilos there. He flies fresh. He comes in with the two trials here. What are your What are your thoughts when you see the field, the makeup of 11 here and the seven furlongs at Caulfield for your horse first up today? Um, look, he, he runs good first up. He does. He loves he loves being fresh. His first two runs are his best. And Simon, there's never been a time that he's ever let us down. And, and even I thought even in the Emirates last year and. Uh, I thought, gee, he's going to run fifth or sixth, but it was the last run of his prep, and I thought, you know, in, in fairness to him. But then he still, if you have a look, even the last 200, he just give more than what he should have, mm. and that was over 2,000, which is not his pet distance, and he still runs second in that. Um, look, he just... Uh, I, I don't know what to expect of him. I think autumn's his go, but, um, you know, I, I just don't know what to expect to him because I just get him to a level with the two trials and get him up to... I don't work him hard mm. and get him up to a certain fitness level and he just goes out and produces, but... You know, the thing is, he's against him today. I don't know. I'm not looking at anything negative, but he probably if the Caulfield, I don't know. He, he got around Mooney Valley. Damien said he should have run third in the last Cox Plate, except for interference. He runs second in Emirates, so that goes to show that he probably can get around Caulfield okay. 
And what, what's in store for the rest of the prep, Pat? I'll just see what happens today. Yeah, okay. but one race at a time, as they say in the classics. Yeah, but the Maccabi at Flemington next start in a fortnight, that's really my target. Hmm. So big track and 1,600 that suits him. And, well, you know, if he gets through today okay and he pleases us, that would probably be his next run, Simon. Well, Paddy, I, I love the horse. I think yes. he's the second best horse in Australasia behind a mare they called Winks. Yes. Um, you've handled him an absolute treat with those 35 starts. He's an eight-year-old, and you're going to love to see him with the mounting out today, folks. Get out and see him. Before we let you go, you just touched on it before. Simon asked you about your horse. You love handling the kids that get themselves into trouble this day and age at a young age and get caught into drugs and alcohol and lose their way a little bit. Can you just, within about a minute and a bit, can you just uh, touch on what you do there? Because it's unbelievable. Well, I had I had dramas uh, with one of my own and whatever, and then through racing New South Wales and and uh, Peter Valanis just approached me one day to um, to uh, to do it and spread the gospel. So we we do that. I do that a lot. I've travelled all around New South Wales and do do conduct um, meetings with all the apprentices to sit down and and uh, have a talk to them. So they seem to. Be taking notice. There's a few slip through the through the uh, gaps, but yeah. not many. Um, I'm sure that you know the percentage that don't and the ones that do are in our favour. But that's all, Simon. Just to get out and give something back, and it's not all take, which happens with a lot of people. But no, I'm, I'm more than happy to um, give something back, and um, great to have um, Valandis, Peter Valandis, and Racing USFL support. Well, as a young man growing up, my father gave me advice. Listen to older people because yep. they'll give you their experience for nothing. Don't hang around with young louts. Paddy Webster, you're sending and spreading that message. Let's hope it sinks in. You're a great man. Thanks for joining us on The Odds Couple. Good luck with Happy Clapper. Race 7, number one, Caulfield today, brother. Thank you. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. On 11.16 SEN, The Odds Couple with Simon O'Donnell and Simon Marshall. Welcome back to the Odds Couple, 12 minutes to 9 o'clock. At this stage, we introduce to you again Mr. David Taggart, who's going to take us through the uh, quaddy. Anything you want to get off your chest before that, yep. Simon? Pun- uh, maybe the movers in the earlier races? The punters absolutely love this, and as we always say, boys, bet responsibly. Get your pens, pencils, crayons, and form guides ready. Because here's some numbers. Let's start with race one at Caulfield today. And we're going through the best-backed runners. Well, it's only one horse, number three, Jermay. She's uh, his favourite, and that is race one, number three. 205 out to 215. We're looking for some more shopping at Sportsbet, but he's clearly the best back, race one, number three. Race two, number 10, Holbein's your favourite, at 440 into $4.20. And number 18 in race two, Grey Shadow, is four. 80 into $4.60. Race three, number six, Istria is your favourite, easing favourite, $4.80 out to $5. And Samavir, number one, has also been well supported. Her first up run we heard from Tom Dabernick this morning. Race three, six and one. Race four, number nine, Night's Watch, $2.70 into $2.20, the favourite. Missed the run at Mooney Valley last week. He is the best backed runner in race four. But Murakeb, 
Tom Dabinick gave him a good push. Number 12 in race four, $7 to five fifty. Race five, number eight, Call Me Handsome's the favourite, four forty into $2.60 and the best backed. Misadmiration, number 12 in race five, has had $6.50 and a $5. Nice little nibble. First leg of the quaddy and number six, uh, race six it is. Number four, Tony Nakoni, $4.40 into $4.20 and your favourite. Seabrook has had very good support. She's been the best backed outside of the favourite. Number six in race six, Seabrook, $6.50 into $5.50. David Taggart, first leg of the quaddy. Your numbers, please. Yeah, wasn't it great to hear uh, uh, Tom Dabernick talk about me little mate, Seasuke? But, uh, and I'm with him here with Tony Nakoni. The other one, uh, Seabrook, as you say, she'll be getting home late. Um, most of these are assuming, and uh, I think it's the obvious top four here. So the numbers are two, four, six, seven. First leg, two, four, six, and seven. Second leg is race seven, and this is the Memsey Stakes, the group one. Number three, Vega Magic, is the best-backed runner. $2.70, rock solid all the way through the market since the market's opened. But we caught up with Paddy Webster, the trainer of Happy Clapper, number one. He's had great support. $5.50, touched $5, back out to five fifty, and uh, he's been very well found as well. Three and one in race seven, the second leg of the quaddy, David. Yeah, I wish Paddy all the best, but I don't think uh, today's his day. Uh, Scooby, not going to like this. Number two, Vega Magic. One out. Uh, undefeated at Caulfield in three runs and two from two over the distance. And of course, as Tom said, he won this race last year. So just we'll recap that number again. Um, hang on, I just got to check my notes. Number two. No. Number oh, three. number three, is he? Yes. Vega Magic. I apologise for that, punters. Number three. Jeez, we blackout bark gets yeah. up and oh. takes him one out. Number two. <laughs> I'm, t- I'm throwing him in the quaddy so now. He's gone down that seripulous uh, <laughs> road again. He's just giving me the heebie-jeebies. Mm. That's what he's giving mm. me. Giving us all a bit of the So uh, recapping that one out selection in race seven. <laughs> Apparently it's number three. Yes, correct. Thank you <laughs> yes. very much. Get around no, Race seven, number three. Okay, race eight, the third leg of the quaddy. Yes, and uh, this is the Heath, the sprint. Uh, number three, Voodoo Magic, is your favourite, and he's the best-backed runner. $3.80 into $3.30. But Santa and Elaine, number one in race eight, eight fifty. Just eat slightly to $9, but we're holding very good money on him to run well, and I can give you a nibble. For number seven in race eight as well, eleven dollars into nine fifty. YPO from the Toby Edmonds stable. He is the speed in the race and will take some catching. Yeah, YPO uh, Pug Maloney coming down. He's he's got off his Queensland career in great uh, fashion this season. Uh, Santa Ana Lane, yeah, he resumes and then he lifted in the last twelve months, winning three Group Ones. Of course, you got to have the track specialist in there, Voodoo Lad. He looks the one to beat. Another one that's coming down up north is Ball of Muscle. He has got speed to burn. He might just run them ragged. So uh, the numbers here are 1, 2, 3, 7 and 8. And Brave Smash, of course, has to go in. The Japanese uh, weir import. 1, 2, 3, 7 and 8. Eight for race eight, the third leg of the quaddy, the final leg. Very suitoriferous on his delivery of race seven. Let's go to race nine, and this is the last leg of the quaddy, folks. The numbers you uh, want to pen down. Number five, I am excited. She's your favourite. Four dollars forty's been rock solid right through. Number six, Jamaican Rains had great support. Eight dollars fifty into six dollars, and the filly that I like, the mare that I like, is number seventeen. Really good money for leather and lace. Seventeen dollars into twelve. Dollars. Yes, uh, Scoob, this is probably your race, the Mayor's the last race. Yeah, you love these races. Love uh, <laughs> this is where the value lies, I yes. think. Uh, yeah, I am excited. She she can be vulnerable here. Uh, and as I said, this is where I'm going very wide. Uh, Prussian Vixen won first up, number three, last time in. She's she's at huge price, about 20 to 1. So the numbers here are 1, 2, 3, 
Five, six, nine, ten, fourteen, seventeen. Gee whiz. Well, yeah. it is a mare's race. Yeah. Yeah. So that quaddy, David Taggart's quaddy again, big sim. One, uh, the race six, first leg, two, four, six, and seven. Race seven, number three, the second leg. Race eight, the third leg, one, two, three, seven, and eight. Race nine, the final leg of the quaddy today, one, two, three, Five, six, nine, ten, fourteen, and seventeen. All Co- correct. Correct weight, and that's ninety dollars for fifty percent. Oh, a little shame, bulky from total roof luck, restoration. Multi here, number race seven, number three into race nine, number seventeen. The place, We're win the place. Shadows. Quick, a quick break on the odds. Couple brought to you by Sportsbet. Coming out with the get out right around the country. On 1116 SEN, The Odds Couple, with Simon O'Donnell and Simon Marshall. No time. Tags. Get out, Beth. Yeah, Sydney Race 9, number 7. Best of days. Had no luck. Simon. Uh, Caulfield 9, 17, Leather and Lace. See you next week. Life's busy. Take this deck. There's heaps to do on it. Like, um, polishing off this wine. That's tough. Life's pretty good with a Trex deck. Composite decking with no hard maintenance. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.